Around the world, millions of people work what is known as the night shift. Some do it because it's all that is available to them, while others because they prefer the solitude and quiet that the night brings. But many dangers come with these abnormal hours, as the darkness can bring out the worst of people, making desperate people more reckless and cloud the minds of others. For one young college student, she will learn that the true horror awaiting her is not some thief in the night, but something born out of a past act of violence and now awaits her unseen in the bright lights of the convenience store. my friends, the Pixel Horror Video Game Podcast. The show where each episode, we're going to take a look at different video games, all featuring the same element of, guessed it, or From those big AAA titles that you know and love, all the way down to the small indie titles, i not even heard of. I am your host on this journey, Duke, Duke McCracken. So for today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at our first small indie title. We'll be starting with one that really kind of brought me into the scene of horror games called The Convenience Store. Developed and published by a very small company called Jill's Art, it was released on Steam February of 2020. So, much like a lot of our small indie companies we're talking about, not a whole lot is known about the development of this game or really about the company itself. We do know that Jill's Art. Made up of a couple of brothers from over in Japan. They like to develop first person psychological horror games, be focusing on J horror. Not quite sure what J horror is. Think more of the stuff like The Ring, The Grudge, any some of those uh, Jinji Ito manga titles. I also tend to like to branch out into a little bit more other stuff, such as thrillers and slashers as well. Now, they started making games back in 2017. A lot of the earlier titles weren't particularly well received, often being criticized for being very heavily buggy and not particularly enjoyable. Starting late 2019, actually kind of started turning a corner a little bit. Started making some games that people actually really started to enjoy. Now, unlike a lot of horror titles, we're going to be focusing on some big world ending thing. Tells them to be more focused on everyday person living their lives, or suddenly find themselves thrust into the very scary situation. Now, they really started to come into prominence the release of this title. And the reason why? It's because a lot of streamers on YouTube and Switch started picking up this title 
screaming their reactions to playing it. Really brought a lot of great deal of attention to it. And also the follow-ups games that they've released over the years. Now for the gameplay, this is going to be your fairly typical first-person psychological horror game. It's going to be more focused on being a walking simulator. You're occasionally going to be able to pick up and inspect various objects and complete different little tasks or progress the story. Now, if you're looking for a game that has a great deal of jump scares, or is going to have you constantly running from some ever-present enemy, probably not going to be the game for you. It's going to be a little bit of a slower burn, as they really want to sell you into the idea that you're just an everyday, ordinary person. Occasionally get a couple little good jump scares, but the horror in this game is more about kind of slow build-up, and building a very well good atmosphere, now, would I recommend this game to you? Yeah, I actually very much would. I really enjoyed my time with this game. It's not particularly long. You could complete this about 45 minutes or so. And at the price of $2.99, you really can't beat that. It does feature a couple different endings, so you might actually want to go back and check it out a second time. And if the price doesn't quite bring you in, well, I have great news for you. Just wait for one of Steam's mini sales. This game often goes on one of those cells, and you can pick it up for even cheaper than two. Makes it very hard to hard to argue with. Even better, you can grab a little bit of the bundles that these are often packaged in. You can grab a bunch of their games for a really good price at those. Now there are a few little complaints that people do have about the game. One being, yeah, they they don't quite much like that slow burn for some people. And also the there's a little bit of a VHS film grain over the game, which can make it a little hard to see for some. Now for your graphics, this isn't going to be the most biggest and beautiful out there. It looks just fine and gets the job done, but don't be expecting a great deal of detail in your worlds as far as what you can really look at. A lot of the objects and backgrounds can be kind of have a little bit of a fuzzy look to them. The character models are particularly not beautiful. We'll see. They're fairly low polygon models that feature actual photos pasted over them. Don't really expect much away of, you know, noses, ears, little small details like that. But don't let that deter you. Next, let's talk about our character. Now we have a small handful of main characters. I would argue only about three of them really stand out for any particular note. We have our main character that you're going to be playing as. Who's a fairly nameless, faceless character. We just know that she's a young college girl. She's working at the convenience store with overnight shift. Past that, that's all we have. It gives you a good opportunity to kind of push yourself into her role. Next up, we have the evening shift worker at the convenience store, Afunish Hashi. And Afunish Hashi is, well, if you ever worked an overnight shift anywhere, we all know, come together and agree. That the evening shift is the war. And Funahashi is absolutely no exception. I really hate it. Got a lot. Let's just put it that way. And we'll go into a bit more of that why later. And finally we have the manager. A character we don't particularly meet throughout the game. Except for one little time. He's a character that's going to leave various notes for us about stuff completed. Which our favorite person, Funahashi, always very nicely for us. 
Now, we do have some various secondary characters we meet throughout the game. Aren't, aren't really particularly important. They do add just some small little elements, such as the homeless man. You can choose to feed, which gives you a little bit of information about the game or what's going on in it. <clears throat> now, we do have some various secondary characters who, while don't play big, big roles in the game, they do exist for various reasons. From a couple of customers that just come to the store that you check out to kind of fill out the game a little bit, do some delivery mans to deliver some various packages to you. We'll actually play a little bit more of an important role in the game. A homeless man that you could choose to feed who will give you a little bit of information about what's going on in the game. An old lady who's there to pretty much just use your bathroom. But she actually drives a very vital clue up to kind of figure out what's going on early in the game if you're willing to pick up on it. And finally, we have our antagonist. Well, we're not going to be fighting any particular monsters or anything like that in the game. We do have a couple people that kind of pose us in various ways. Starting with a young little boy, seems to be there to kind of prank and play with us and potentially help us out just a little bit. Then we have a mysterious woman. Very hunting and chilling woman. She seems to be having some sort of issue. Unfortunately, we may be at the receiving end. Alright, so now let's talk about the world itself. Now, the game's going to be featuring a couple blocks of a small town. Mostly going to be focused on your little apartment. You do get to walk through the various streets the convenience store, but there's not particularly much out there or even worth exploring. Then you have the store itself. This is going to compose of some back rooms, the main store itself, and a back little office where you're going to punch in. There's even some back little areas of the store that are going to come up in the story. Now let's talk about the story. So this will be spoiler filled, so if you'd like to check out this game for yourself without having anything ruined for you, please by all means, go do that now back later. So we wake up on our first night in our little bitty apartment. Well, not particularly anything overly fancy. Hey, we're a young college girl trying to make things meet working at a very, very small little convenience store. I will say it's not too bad, all things considering. So we make a nice little meal and get ourselves ready. And wandering our way through the somewhat lit streets of the small little town, Cross a little bridge, find ourselves at our job. Now, as we enter our store, we're met with the wonderful, wonderful evening shift character, Hashi. And much like any great closing character, and much like any great, wonderful evening associate, he communicates all sorts of valuable information to us by telling us of various stories of Backward bodies walking down the street and people jumping off the bridge to their deaths. Just to finally admit that it was all a bunch of lies. He made up just some other. Yeah. He's very helpful. But luckily, we go punch in and he takes off so we don't have to worry about his ugly face very much longer. So working in the store, we're going to be left various notes by our manager in the back room. Asking us to quit various tasks, 
some of which we could have been helped out with, but hey, I'm sure he had very important stuff to do, such as nothing. That's all right. So our first task we're left with is to be pulling the various expired foods from the shelves. We get to one of the shelves, checking out the various bad foods, throwing away in various trash bags. Now, if you wanted to, you could actually go out, and there was a homeless man we passed on the way in. You can't get him a little bit of food, and he's going to drop a little bit of a hint, if you so desire. Once you pick up all the expired food, we're going to take it out back behind the store, and throw it away in the trash. Now, you can do a little bit of looking around back here. It's not a whole lot. AC unit, but you can't actually see through like a little fence that has some little tape over it. And there's a back behind the building, there's going to be a little bit of shed. We'll play into the game a little bit later. Now, after throwing away the food, we return back into the store. We're going to be getting our first slightly odd occurrence. As we're in the back office, start hearing the front door, the convenience store, opening and closing repeatedly. As you make your way out there, come to find that there's no one there. They're not thinking too much of it because, hey, these are stores, stores tend to break, and we all know that management doesn't like to fix anything. But eventually, a truck does pull up, and the delivery man gets out, hands us off a package. The package delivered to us at the convenience store, which is a little odd. I think that stuff will come to you at home. We're just going to take it when we enter shift and return home. Now we start the second night, waking up once again, and seeing the package on our table. Of course, we're going to open it, even if we don't know who it was from. Hey, maybe there's some gold in there, the yummy food, or a particularly great present. Who knows? Only one way to find out. Inside the package, instead, all we find is videotape. Luckily for us, even our little college buzz it, we're able to afford a TV and a VCR. Now we pop the tape in, what we see is some fairly, fairly fuzzy images, but we could just barely make out a house it seems to be covered in police tape. Then the tape ends and, well, very odd, very weird, who knows, let's not worry about it. Time to get to work. So we make our way through the streets, back to the convenience store once more. Now, once we get to the store, we find our favorite person, Funahashi, who lets us know that he had a repair guy come out and actually look at the door, and he found it was a bunch of loose wiring. Of course, being the wonderful person that he was, he used this opportunity, of course, to just torment us, asking us, hey, you think it was actually something different, like ghost or something? Well, we never said that, but, you know, he's kind of a a-hole, and so ignoring him, we do go punch in and read the note from the manager, asking whoever is reading this note, grab some pesticides, and go kill some rats that are behind the store. So thinking, Funahashi, what have you been doing all day? You could have gone back there and done this. Of course, he's already gone. Leaves us with the task. So we go back behind the store, spray a bunch of rats, throw them all away, we return back to the store, where we finally get to help some customers. Starting with a little old lady who's very, 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 very slowly 
walks her way into the store and proceeds straight to the bathroom. Where she's going to be in there for a very long time. Meanwhile, we have another gentleman who comes in. And of course, because people are so great, he comes straight to the front desk and demands we do all of our shopping for him. Gotta love working in retail. So grab his stuff, check him out, get him out of the store. So now the old lady finally in the bathroom and slowly makes her way to the front desk, where she starts demanding to know where a Cancun is. As this very brightly lit, merchandise-filled store that's clearly a convenience store, it's actually the home of her daughters. She wants to know where Cancun is in case she can find him. But this very confused old lady gives up and slowly, slowly, slowly leaves the store. So with everybody checked out, we return back to the back office, where we start to hear once again the front doors open and closing rapidly. So this time, instead of running out the door, see what's going on, take a look at the security camera. But what we witness seems to be a young little boy playing with the doors. Yeah, it's very cute and all, but this is quite annoying hearing the constant ding, ding, ding for door. So we head out there to talk to the boy and run him off, only to find that he's already gone. Very, very odd. Hey, he's little. He probably runs very fast. Who knows? So we end the night with our delivery guy once again showing up with another package for us. So with this, we end our second night. Waking up on our third night, we find it be a particularly hard raining day. We grab our umbrella, our flashlight, and we open the front door. And awaiting for us on our front doorstep is yet another package. Other that this one was delivered to us at our home and not the convenience store. So we take the package inside, and open it up and check it out. We find yet another video containing the very bizarre images of the home and the police tape. So walking our way through this particularly dark and wet night, we make our way back to our work at the convenience store, where we find the store seemingly abandoned. Big surprise to Unahashi because she couldn't wait for a little bit. And really, dude, what's going to stop being by from just doing whatever they wanted? So we make our way to the back, and as we punch in, boom! Out of one lockers, our favorite person, Unahashi, first out. Unahashi, you big giant jerk. You got nothing better to do. Please, some of the notes that the manager keeps leaving for us both to do. But he's got really doesn't. His only existence, like with any evening shift worker, he only exists to make the closing people lives. Just an absolute hell. Luckily, he runs off and we get to go back to work. So as with the other nights, we have yet another note left for us by the manager asking us to restock the shelves. Kunahashi, really you could have done this instead of hiding in a locker for God knows how long. So we go to the back room, start grabbing various items and taking start refilling the shelves up. But as we make our way a bit to the back room on one of our trips, we find that the door behind us 
suddenly slam shut. And as much as we try and pull and pull on the door, it will not open. Eventually, we hear the sounds of the front door opening and closing again. Thinking ourselves, oh my god, there's a customer in here. They're going to be taking all the lotto tickets. We try and try and get out. Unfortunately, we can't seem to quite escape. Eventually, the doors do stop, opening and closing, and we're finally able to exit the back room. We're finding the store once again. So thinking that this is basically just a really, really weird gust of wind, we return back to work, where shortly, a air conditioning repairman shows up as he had been called by the manager to fix the air conditioner behind the store. He gets back to work, and so do we. Now, walking around behind the store, we eventually find that the spot in the fence where the police tape was is now unlocked. We can now gain access to the little shed back there. But as much as we try and pull and open the door, the shed just won't open. So, hey, is this really what we should be doing, leaving the store a man? Not really. But eventually we come to our senses and go back to the store. Where another old lady comes in, a different one, thank you, this time, to do a little bit of shopping. Once she finds out that we're all by ourselves, she feels a little bit of pity for us. And they offers us a little protective charm, just in case anything bad happens. She could have given us a nice big tip. That would have been a... Uh, a lot more appreciative, but hey, at least she was nice to it. Very rare in retail. So she takes off, and shortly afterwards, the repairman takes off as well. Now that we're by ourselves once again, we decide to return back to work. Where we start to hear some very, very strange noises coming from the toilet. My first thought was, Oh my god, did that really slow moving old lady somehow sneak inside the store and is she blowing up our toilet? I would not be surprised. So we go to check it out and when we open the door, we find the toilet seat just opening and closing rapidly on its own with some strange kind of growling noise that seemed to be coming from nowhere. Stepping into the bathroom, which honestly, if you open up your bathroom and the toilet seat's opening and closing, that's when you should just close the door and turn the other way. It, any sort of intelligence. Not our main character, though. He decides to enter. And, of course, the bathroom door shuts behind her. Once again, front doors to the store start opening and closing. And we can hear some various noises happening throughout the store. Sounds like somebody might potentially be trashing it, which wouldn't be surprising, given the fact that one time we managed to, actually, second time, managed to lock ourselves in the store, which is why this keeps happening to us. We wonder a lot. Someone would come in and decide they just want to have a little party. As the various noises and stuff finally go away, door unlocks, and we exit fine. Some things have been thrown on the floor. Thankfully, whatever crazy person did this seems to be gone. And we can't just pick up the scruff and just move about our lives. We need to know what happened. We walk back to the office, check the security cameras. Looking at the security cameras, see a tall woman, very dark, long black hair, standing in front of the counter of the store. 
just standing there, not really particularly doing anything. So suddenly, she disappears and reappears immediately in front of the security camera looking directly into the face, which scared the absolutely heck out of me. Well, there might not be a lot of jump scares in this game, when they hit, they do hit pretty well. And she disappears, and the story is once again empty. And that should be the point where we should think to ourselves, maybe I don't need this job that bad. Now that our mysterious guest is gone, we just leave the back room and discover all across the front desk a whole bunch of various talismans. So thinking, you know what, we should do something with these. Not wondering where these came from because they were not there when we walked into the back office. We pick them all up and think, what else should we do with these? So we wander back behind the store to that shed we found earlier. Taking these talismans, we place them all over the building and try the door. Once again, fine. Still won't open because, you know, things called locks and stop that from happening. But we can't have that. Despite all this weird stuff going on, we really want to take a look in the shed because what if there's something cool in there? Fortunately, looking around, we find the AC unit that the repairman was working on for. There seems to be a key inside. But thankfully, just like any wonderful repairman, when he left, he left something behind. But picking up the screwdriver that he had abandoned, we're able to open up the AC unit, grab the key, and go open the shed. Now, as soon as you open the shed, this is once again one of those moments where I would just say, no. For what she saw inside was not ordinary. Inside the shed was a TV. And loaded all across the floor were a bunch of VHS tapes. Just like the ones we were receiving in the packages. You may be thinking to yourself, that's not anything particularly startling. That's because I left out the last part. Sitting on a chair in the middle of the shed is a body. An apparently dead body, due to the large amount of blood flowing from their eyes. Now, this person does seem to be a little bit familiar, even with the eyes missing appears to be the manager for the convenience store. Instead of going and calling 911, as this person may need immediate medical attention, what with the no eyes and all, as we walk side further into this little bee shed, start to notice a number four appearing on the TV, as well as scattered amongst all these videotapes on the ground, a bunch of dead rats. If we haven't learned from anything from the back room, or the toilet, the door behind us once again slams shut and refuses to open. Suddenly, a growling starts to emerge from the darkness around the shed. Growling, various demonic noises all start slow, slow, pick up, ramp up, until it's a very loud, loud roar. Just when things can't seem like they're going to get any worse, we turn around, see the dead body of the manager looking at us directly. Face still missing his eyes. 
At which point, finally do the first thing that any rational person would do, and we pass out. Now we awaken the next day, and of course, after everything happens, we assume the only rational thing that we just had a really, really bad nightmare. But when we look down at the floor of our little apartment, we see that we received yet another package this time by the store with us, and its contents being another videotape laying on the ground next to it. And if we haven't seen enough disturbing stuff, of course we're going to pop in this tape. And this time, instead of seeing the house covered in police tape, we see the shed behind the store. And of course we blow this off because, hey, we're a college student, we're hungry, we want a ramen. This time, we return back to work. Slowly we make our way through the now almost pitch black night. Only the faintest lights being store in the distance guiding us. Making our way into the store, this time we find the store truly abandoned. No Funahashi anywhere, not even in the lockers when we check them. My thought is, oh my god, did my dreams come true? Did the ghost take Funahashi? Please let it be so. Is that what happened? Well, who knows? At least not yet. So we go to the back of the store and attempt to clock in. Find that things aren't quite right in our time card. Missing. So turning around, we go to the front of the store to see if, well, maybe we just missed Funahashi and he stole our time card because, as we've already determined, he's a big giant jerk. But when we enter the store, something's not quite right. If you've ever seen the game Silent Hill, this gives you a pretty good idea of what the story's turned into. A very dark, demonic, twisted version of the store where we sell nothing but TVs. So of course, with this big chain in the store, first thought anyone's going to have is, well, how did this happen? So one way could potentially find out by heading to the back Looking at the security cameras, apparently they would show how in those few moments when we were in the back, how it changed, changed, twisted, now demonic version. But as we're checking the video screens on the security cameras, what instead we see is the young little boy from earlier that was playing with the door, walking up and down the aisle, staring at the various TV screens. The thing in ourselves. What else can we do? Let's see what this little boy is staring at. So using the security cameras, find out exactly which TVs he was staring at. We run up and down the aisles, so we check all the right TVs. Now as we turn on the fourth final TV, hear the lock opening for the back room. And of course we head into the stock room, looking for some way to escape, since the front door will not open. Walking our way back into the stock room, in the far back corner, we see something sitting in the shadows. As we slowly approach, we start to make out the form of the little boy hiding in the corner. Thinking, this little boy must have been trapped here for, with us. He may have deserved it for playing with the doors earlier, but we're not an evil person. We approach him. 
But as we get close to him, noise or behind us. We turn around. We glimpse the figure of the dark, tall woman with the long black hair standing in the distance. Of course, she quickly rushes right up into our face, and we black out once again. So waking up a little bit later, my first thought was, next time we're at one of those frat parties, people are starting to pass around the hallucinogens and the drugs, we should probably be giving a hard pass on that. We're able to leave the back rooms, find that the store has returned back to normal. But the front doors are once again opening and closing repeatedly, nonstop. Constant dinging being oh so annoying. The hang front doors with yell at the young boy that we know has been doing it. Instead, we find another videotape playing on the floor right at the door. So doing the only rational thing, which is once again picking up the tape, we end our we end yet another night at the convenience store. So thus we start our final night. We wake up and see the videotape we picked up off the floor at the door laying on the table. And when we expect it, we're given three choices. And much with like most of Chill Arts games, can get multiple endings depending on the choices here. Now if you choose to throw away the tape or watch the tape, you're going to get what is known as the bad ending. If you choose to watch the tape, what you see is going to be highly disturbing. Instead of seeing the house covering police tape or the shed behind the store, this time we see ourselves watching the TV as it seems that someone is watching us from the window very moment. Of course, we finally do a rational thing inside. We're not going to go to work today. We're just going to go straight back to bed. But as we lay in our bed, we wake up to once again hearing the growling that we've been hearing at the store. Just to see the figure of the woman emerge from the end of her bed. Slowly crawl her way up it toward our face. At which point, yeah, we realized that last few days we made a lot of really dumb choices as this mysterious dark woman murders us in our own bed. The same thing will also be seen if you throw away the tape. So you can also choose to mail off the tape to somebody else, thus making it their problem, which will grant you a good ending. After milling off the tape, you wake up the next day Feeling suddenly relieved, as if whatever had been hunting you finally passed on. Feeling that something seems to be truly wrong with me in store, inside hop on the internet and do a little bit of research. We discover that the grounds that the convenience store was built on, there used to be a house belonging to a man. A man who had received a great deal of bullying, taking on by his fellow co-workers place he worked at. So finally one day got so much that he returned home and just snapped. And during this little fit of madness the man now had, he then murdered his own son. Now the wife had been at the store grocery shopping at the time. 
But when she returns home, covers the body of her son, the husband suddenly kills her too. Not knowing at the time that she'd been pregnant with yet another child. Finally coming to acknowledge the horrible acts that he did, the husband then returns to the little shed behind the building and hangs himself. So our college student decides to come phone the store to let the manager know horrible things that had happened on the land Cornell was built on. But the phone rung, rung, and rung, and nobody answered. Eventually, when someone did pick up the phone, it wasn't the manager, but a man who identified himself as the franchise owner of the convenience store. They told us that somebody came into the store and discovered the body of the manager in the shed behind the building. Very much murdered. As we already kind of knew that, because he had discovered the body and not reported it, we decided to give in our notice and go about our lives. Several days later, we finally hear that the store had been closed for good. And the reported reason being, the store had been badly mismanaged. Anybody that works in retail knows that this is probably not true, because every retail store suffers from bad mismanagement, and managed to creep along just fine. But it's no longer our problem. Quite some time later, as we were walking past the store once again, our character finally decides to look inside the windows see what's going on. Inside the now closed derelict store, sees the young child inside. With his mother, tall, dark, with her long black hair, standing inside, stuck there forever. All right, guys. So that is Chill's Art, the convenience store. So this is a fairly well-received game. I would highly recommend you check it out. Definitely. Alright, so next time guys, I think we're going to do a small little audible. We were originally going to do Amnesia the Bunker. I think we might do a small little change up. We're going to push that back just a little bit. As we're actually going to prepare for the upcoming release of a, another big horror title. We're going to be taking a look at Alan Wake for our next episode. Or prepare for the release of the new survival horror game and long term sequel, Alan Wake 2. After that, we'll pick up with Amnesia the Bunker. I haven't quite decided sure if we're going to do another indie episode after that. I think we might do that. And then we're going to follow that up with something else afterwards. I haven't quite decided 100% sure. So, kind of up in there. Alright guys, so if you enjoyed the episode, there's actually a few ways you can help me out. If you can, like, subscribe, share, and leave a good review. That would help out a long way. And if you'd like to help out a little extra, there's actually going to be a link below in the comments where you can go and donate a couple dollars away. It'll go help 
straight to supporting this podcast. Now, if you'd like, you can follow me on Twitter at JustNewGaming. Find out when the latest episode drops are happening. You can also follow me on YouTube at JustNewGaming, where I have full video playthroughs of any of the games we're going to be talking about. As well as a video exclusive version of this podcast will be available there, as well as on YouTube Music. And finally, guys, I would like to hear from you. So if you got any games you'd like me to check out, or if you'd like to comment about your experiences with the games, or what you thought about them, please, by all means, email me at thepixelhorrorpodcast at gmail.com, or send me a comment on Twitter. And we'll check those comments out on some future episodes. All right, guys. So thanks for joining me here the Pixel Horror Podcast. But until next time, make sure you keep your flashlight handy, stay out of those dark corners, and try your best to survive till dawn.